When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to the South End Zone, presented by Belly Up Sports. I am your host, Jason Bailey. I am with my co-host, Eric Mulher, as per the usual. Eric, I'm on the back end of an 11-hour drive that should have taken seven hours. I feel like I've just been kicked in the nuts, and uh, but I probably don't feel as bad as Auburn fans feel. How you doing? Better than Auburn fans. Um, I'm not doing quite as good as New Mexico State fans, although... Uh, I, I did activate them in the bullpen, so I guess I'm happy enough that they covered that 26 and a half points with a three touchdown victory. <laughs> well, we'll get to uh, we'll get to all the the trolling here as we go. But uh, it was a uh, I, I got to tell you, man, you need to go and buy a lottery ticket because for you to have a winning record, even at just five and four mm-hmm. on a week twelve slate. Yeah, that actually you, is sort of remarkable. It is. You better go get you a fucking lottery ticket while you can, because uh, I don't know that you're going to – you may be peaking at the right time, similar to some teams we're going to discuss here as Could we be. reveal as we reveal these picks. I shouldn't even have picked any games this week other than the Iowa under, to be honest. Uh, that's the only one I felt supremely confident in in a week 12 because, well, it doesn't matter what happens. Iowa can't score against air. So there's that, but they did have a chance to break it, break it. They just, uh, you know, taking a knee is the most Iowa thing ever in the red zone with a lead. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great, but, uh, let's go, man, run us down the picks. Cause I think I'm one game under 500 for the year now. Okay. Um, so I actually don't have yours. Normally I tally up as we go, but I missed last episode. So. Um, yeah, well, I've got them. I can. Uh, okay. It's only it's only three of them and one bullpen pick. So I've I'll uh, touch on those as we go because they are all all but one of them are uh, stuff you were on. So. Okay, so then we'll start with the Illinois at Iowa under thirty and a half that we were both on. It got a three, little got a little money. close. Yeah, <laughs> I I thought for a minute there. Oh gosh, you know maybe. Maybe Illinois is able to drive down and kick a field goal to win and screw us, but um, Hawkeyes got the stop. They will be representing. God, it's embarrassing that they're going to go to a conference championship game with the worst offense in America, but they did win the Big Ten West, and they'll be playing uh, either Ohio State or Michigan in a couple of weeks. I'd imagine that line will start with a two. 
Well, uh, I can tell you this. It's it's going to be the last conference championship they go to for a while. Uh, yeah. And if, for, if, if ever again, because after this year, it's what div- divisions go away after this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once yeah. the four pack 12 schools join up and they. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be Ohio State and Michigan every year in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. Congrats, Big Ten. You know, a four game season. Great. Anyway. Um, I missed on what has been a, a pretty good winner uh, all year and even last season. USC and UCLA over 65 and a half. They finish uh, UCLA wins 38 to 20. USC had three turnovers and each team missed a short field goal in the first half. Kind of put me, you know, you hear coaches talk a lot about staying on schedule with regards to, uh, you know, first and second down and, you know, no negative plays, stuff like that. And I really kind of got behind the eight ball. Um, yeah, I'll say. And another guy that's behind the eight ball is Lincoln Riley, because for the first time this season, uh, two things that I saw on Twitter put together for the first time this year is Lincoln Riley and hot seat. And I didn't see it just once or twice. It's a lot. Like there's a lot of people out there being like, is this fucking guy really like the answer? And it's something that me and you talked about. Uh, as soon as he got hired, the big question, and I put this out on Twitter, like the biggest question surrounding him was, can he actually build a program? Because he took over uh, one that was already good before mm-hmm. and had some success, whatever, never got to the top, but got close. And I mean, as in like overtime against Georgia from going to the national championship close. So he was, yeah. he was almost there, but he didn't build that. Bob Stoops built that. And then he goes to USC and, after two years, man, it's a resounding no. He cannot yeah. build a program. If you're not handed the keys to the Ferrari, it, driving around is a little more difficult. Um, Indeed. So we'll see. We'll see what they do from here. Uh, I also missed another breadwinner over the last couple of years, Coastal. Uh, I laid four and a half at Army, and they actually lost outright, um, 28 yeah. to 21. Yeah, I kind of put out in the episode since uh, when you missed it. I don't know if you even caught any of it, but I, I said I tend to stick, stay away from games that involve service academies and non-service academy teams right. because it's just it, it's always squirrely. You never know how it's going to go, and you, you actually covered one uh, that we'll talk about. But I did mm. not feel good about Coastal's defense being able to stop Army, and they were not. Well. Um, they buttoned up the pass game. Uh, Army threw for zero yards. Unfortunately, <laughs> they ran for 365. So, <laughs> took an L there. Um, one I did win uh, rather convincingly. Uh, Tennessee scores on the first play from scrimmage. They take a 7-0 lead. Uh, Georgia outscores them 38-3 to the rest of the way. It was, I don't want to say start to finish domination because that play did happen, but... I turned it on after that. I didn't see anything at all that made me think Tennessee could hang with them. Like they had nothing for those guys. So they ever yeah. nine and a half. Um, yeah. They, they got curb stomp. Well, I put that in the bullpen at, at 10 and a half thinking if that gets below 10, I'm jumping on it. Um, and it did. I took it at nine and a half. As it turns out, I could have taken it at 19 and a half and still come away aware. Just like I did with Louisville minus one and a half at Miami. They win 38 to 31. Boy, Miami has some work to do. Uh, I mean, they got some really talented guys, but they got to clean up a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, they they erased any chance they had to come back and tie it at the end with some just remarkably stupid penalties. 
Um, They're bad. They suck. We'll, we'll see what they do. So Louisville uh, clinches a spot in the ACC championship game against Florida State, who we'll talk about in a bit. James Madison let me down. Week 12, man, I took three money makers and they all three lost. Uh, James Madison, eight and a half point favorite, college game day, all that. Um, and they lose in overtime to App State, 26 to 23. I hit on UNLV plus three and a half. They were at Air Force and they won 31 to 27. So that's an outright victory. Should have taken the money line. Barry Odom, the guy's a covering machine. Yeah, they are. I want to say nine and two now against the spread this year. Mm. Yep, we, um, we, we've missed some opportunities on them. You jumped on them late, so good for you. Yep, and another one I jumped on late. Uh, I bullpenned New Mexico State at Auburn when it was twenty three and a half, thinking, "Hey, if it gets above twenty four, I'll take it." Because yeah, you know Auburn, they're not great defensively. New, Mex- New Mexico State is covering every time. You, I mean, you can't Jerry swing Kidd. a dead cat without hitting two covers for them. It's so not only do they cover uh, 26 and a half, which was what the line ended up being when I pulled the trigger Saturday, they win. And I'm not talking like fluke, you know, blocked field goal return for a touchdown win. I'm t- they, I watched most of the second half. They were the better team. They controlled the game, like every aspect of it. They just went to Jordan Hare and kicked their ass. Yeah, tell uh, me you tell me you repped Bama all week and didn't practice for New Mexico State without telling me mm-hmm. you repped Bama all week and didn't practice for New Mexico State because it looked like they had no fucking clue what New Mexico State was doing. Like you said, they controlled every aspect of the game. They knew what plays to call. Now, I don't buy the narrative that Jerry Kill has Hugh Freeze's number. You know, because he beat him last year when he was at Liberty. Mm-hmm. I I don't buy that. It's Auburn. You have superior athletes at every position, just about, except maybe quarterback. And it just, it's inex, it's an inexcusable loss for Auburn, especially the way it happened. Three scores at home. I mean, that's just, it's a piss poor effort. And Hugh Freeze, I, I, I saw his press conference. I mean, he was embarrassed. He was just like, this is, to be honest, we had shit we could practice. And, you know, uh, we're going to have to do better. Yeah, yeah. It, was emb- it was embarrassing. It doesn't inspire much confidence for them going into this week. But no, uh, so, so that's so, yeah, sort of reminiscent of like Saban losing to La Monroe his first mm-hmm. year, you know, kind of like a what the fuck, you know, now we didn't lose. They didn't lose by three scores, but right. You know, that's that semantics. It's kind of the same thing. So we'll see how they got Iron Bowl looming this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's my nine picks. I went five and four. Don't feel too bad about it. I, you know, no bad beats, um, other than UCL or USC turning the ball over, but, um, yeah, you know, Georgia Southern lost outright coastal lost outright. It happens week 12, my two bullpen picks, uh, dodged a bullet with Nebraska and Wisconsin. I was going to yeah. jump on under 37 and a half. And that ended up 24, 17 at overtime. So I was at the point where I needed it to go to a third overtime and somebody to win on a two point play. Um, but yeah, once, once regulation ended, that would have been cooked. And I took Washington plus two and a half thinking maybe they can find a way they're seven and no against ranked opponents under Kalen DeBoer. And 
as much as I like Oregon State, I thought, ah, I think Washington can just go pull it out. Yeah, think back to what Washington State did to those guys with the downfield passing, and maybe they can repeat that. And they did just enough um, in just awful weather. God, that looked miserable. But Washington wins twenty-two to twenty. So I covered that one. Yeah, that uh, you had it at two and a half, I think, and then uh, like uh, yeah, it shortened it up a. As yeah, it moved, yeah, it moved to like all the way to minus minus one for Oregon State, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you jumped on them at one or one and a half, but yeah, that was a, a good cover there. I, it's kind of a funky game, man. Like I feel bad for Oregon State to be undone by a fucking snap that goes over the punter's head and into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, but I think you get a game in you know with two really really good teams. They it comes down to who doesn't make a mistake typically in special teams or blow a coverage. Um, yeah. It was yeah. a rough special teams night. There were a lot of like bad snaps and kind of funky, you know, field goal holds. And it was just a, it was a damn monsoon out there. It was raining like a son of a bitch for two and a half quarters of the game. Yeah. So it was, it was brutal, but uh, Oregon state still got a shot to, uh, you know, create some problems and make some things interesting in the pack 12 next week. But uh Washington looks more and more like they're going to be 12 and 0. So we'll see, you know, what Wazoo has for him next week. But uh, I don't know. That, that was uh, DJU just is what he is, man. He's just not going to be the type of guy that can put a team on his back and lead him to victory, you know. But uh, for my picks, oh, yeah, real quick, my picks, I was also on the James Madison with you, the Iowa uh-huh. under, which it did hit. And then I did get a bad beat, man. Fucking UMass. For the second yep. time this year, burns me, and gotcha they score. Again. Yep, they score with fifty six seconds to go to uh, burn my Liberty minus twenty seven and a half. That was in hand all game until right up at the end, and they scored with less than a minute to go to burn me. And I had Oregon State minus one and a half in the bullpen, but I I did not bet that. I I just when I saw the weather, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to bet that. I don't kind of favors. Oregon State, if you think about it, like making it a slop of a game, but I just mm-hmm. I didn't like it, so I, I did not bet it. So overall on the year, I'm 39 and 40, 14 and 13 on the bullpen. So directly dead nuts, 500 on the stuff that I liked and the stuff that I kind of liked. And for you, you are at minus four. You're 35 and 39, 37 and seven yep. in the bullpen. So that's where we're at. One week to go. And uh, let's see, what else have we got on the list to discuss here today? We're going to talk about. I think we're going to talk about some conference title matchups or who's alive, who's not, um, who needs to do what. Yep. So let's start in the ACC because there is some news that uh, we need to touch on. In case you weren't watching this week because it was a light slate and you live under a rock, Florida State lost Jordan Travis for the season. Uh, It was a gruesome injury. Mm-hmm. I would recommend you not go back and watch it. Uh, it looked like either a broken or dislocated ankle or both. Uh, it was very, very bad. Yeah. North it looked Alabama. a lot like uh, Felipe Franks when he was in Florida. Indeed, and yeah. anyone who follows the NBA, uh, Gordon Hayward of the Celtics had yeah. a, a dislocated ankle and broken uh, fibula, maybe? Um, yeah. It looked a lot like that. You know, toes pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah, it, it was very gruesome. So he's done. Uh, you know, poor guy. I, I hate that for him. You know, it's kind of 
looking to try to make a playoff run and all that stuff, and he goes down. So looking at this now, Florida State goes on the road next week to Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say who, that that's a, a gimme. Who will also be playing a backup quarterback. Uh, right. Out with the broken collarbone. Correct. So now you've got two backup QBs. And, I mean, Florida acquitted themselves pretty well against Mizzou. They were in position to win. And Mizzou, the thicker kicker, comes through once yep. again with a game winner, chomps his way off the field. But uh, probably had a full rack of ribs after the game. But I don't know, man. Like, without Travis, I mean, is you you watch Florida State a lot more than I do. I mean, can, can Tate Rodemaker freaking lead this team to an can ACC he? champ? I mean, can he do it? Is he good enough? I mean, are we, is this dude like even in the same realm of ability as Jordan Travis, or is this like a major, major downgrade? It's, it's a downgrade. I mean, that, you know, which is why he hasn't been starting the last two years, but he's not some clueless redshirt freshman. I mean, he's, he's been in the program. This is, I think his fourth season. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's done this before last year. They were at Louisville. Right, yeah. trailing at halftime, Jordan Travis comes out, you know, and he comes back and throws some absolute seeds, like downfield shots, right? Explosive plays, you know, and they come back and get a, a from a halftime deficit, get a road conference win. That, that was that was big for him. Um, he he looked, and I get that it was against North Alabama and friend of the program, uh, Coach German, but. You know, throwing the ball, he he looked good. He was accurate. He he throws a much harder ball than Jordan Travis. Um, if you watched like, if you watched him throw like the same twenty yard out, um, you'd be like, it's one of these tapes in slow mo. And, and once, I mean, he he spins more, it. Um, yeah, a little more zip on the ball. Yeah. So I think the big thing with him is just reading and identifying the coverage and, and going to the right place with the ball and not making the mistakes. Cause that has been his issue in the past when he was uh, a, a freshman getting a couple of starts here and there, it was, you know, he's kind of a turnover machine, but you know, that'll be the big thing. You know, don't what they need him to do is just go out there and don't lose the game. Mm-hmm. They, they still run the ball. Well, he's got plenty of options in the passing game. He doesn't have to be out there playing hero ball. They have a very, very good defense. So I, you know, do I like their chances better with Jordan Travis? Absolutely. Do I think they can still win with him against Louisville? I think they can. Yeah. The concern for me here, and I, like, I almost kind of feel like it would, and it's a weird thing to say, but it's like I almost kind of hope they do get left out of the playoffs because I, I feel like they already have like some questions along the offensive line and Jordan Travis being able to run and make things happen with his feet is a real asset for them. Yeah, that is the big difference is, is Rodemaker you know, can't he, he can't run like that guy can. He can't no. I mean that's just and you take that element out of the game and now he has to stand in the pocket. And if they were to make the playoff and face a team like Georgia or somebody, it's like, oh, my God, like how they're not going to be able to run the ball against a team like that or Ohio State, for instance. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who's got a ferocious front seven. Right. That, that that kind of thing kind of scares me for them. And I I don't want to see Norvell, like, get embarrassed and it be a bad look because he did lose his quarterback, you know, and a major part of his game is now taken away and he has to change things up. So, 
it's one of those things like I kind of hope they don't make the playoffs just because I it's been a really good year and I don't want to see it like end with a nasty beat down. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I would also tell you that when you're talking about Florida state versus, you know, Alabama or Ohio state, I, they're touchdown plus underdogs probably in whoever they play yeah. in that semifinal. So there's no, there, there's a, a not insignificant chance that they go out there and lose by three touchdowns, even with Jordan Travis. Uh, against you know, depending on who they're matched up against. So, yeah. Um, either way, I mean, they'll they'll either earn their way there or they won't. I mean, time will tell. Yeah, indeed. And for Louisville's part, they uh, they continue to win. Jeff Brom taking uh, Purdue to a conference championship in the Big Ten and taking Louisville to a conference championship in the ACC back to back years. Pretty impressive. Yeah, for for having their coach get get poached by Cincinnati. I think Louisville probably ended up in a better situation. Yeah, I would say so. I would uh, tend to agree there. It's uh, seems like a bit of a addition by subtraction situation there. Uh, okay. So Mike Gundy continues to Gundy and mm-hmm. we never know what he's going to do. He's Gundying harder than ever. Indeed. And so, Looking at the Big 12, it looks like Oklahoma State and Texas are going to be the matchup. I mean, am I am I way off there? Is there any other possibilities that are like a legitimate possibility? Because Gundy, d- does he have to win this weekend to keep somebody else out? Well, because they have they have I mean, the tiebreakers over Kansas State, uh, Oklahoma, and who's the other one? Maybe and, Iowa that, and State. that's it. There's so okay. there's. So there's no one's clinched a spot. Mm-hmm. There's four teams still alive. Mm-hmm. They are Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. Okay. And it gets really messy when you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, scenarios, you know, who beats who, who beats, you know, at Texas plays Texas Tech. I expect them to win. If they yeah. do that, they'll have a spot. The other spot is when you get into second and third tiebreakers because not everyone plays each other in that conference now because they added the teams. So Oklahoma state has BYU. I I hesitate to say they should win that, but um, they should, I mean, they they, should, will they, who knows, but should they? Yes. Um, Oklahoma has TCU this week. They should win that. I don't know if Dylan Gabriel will play. He got knocked out of the game the other day with a concussion. So it may be Jackson Arnold time. Yeah, to be knows. fair, I think I think Jackson Arnold's probably more talented than him. Could he, he could run, be. And could I think I might the, like Oklahoma he, regardless. Yeah, I mean, could he run the offense better? Maybe, maybe not. Gabriel has years of experience, but mm-hmm. as far as just talent goes, I mean, it's not – I don't think it's relatively close personally. So, and then K-State has maybe the trickiest Week 13 matchup of these four teams. Uh, they got Iowa State. Who has played spoiler before? Could again? Almost played it this past weekend. They Texas, came close. They gave it a. Tec- they gave it a run. Texas. So. I mean, they won by ten, but they looked bad for a lot of that game. I, I saw a good part of this game, and once again, man. I mean, I've said it before on the show. I, I really can't put my finger on why Texas is struggling so hard to beat these mediocre teams. I, I just don't get it. Like they just don't look good. I, it, they look like a completely different team than I saw beat Bama on the road in week two. And yeah. 
Some of that may be that Bama wasn't quite as good as they are now. You know, they've grown in one direction, and it seems like Texas has sort of regressed as the season has gone on. Now they yeah, lose their I mean, start. Now they lose their start and running back. I don't know, man. I'm not saying that. Uh, I still think Texas wins out, I and mean, they'll be favored in this game. And if they go to the conference championship, they'll be favored there too. Whoever they play, I expect them to win out. But you know, if they play like they played in week two, they could beat anybody. And that includes Bama or Georgia or anybody. But if they keep playing like this, they'll yeah, get the problem. They have the problem is they haven't done that in two months. Right, and if they keep playing this way, they'll they'll get embarrassed, depending on who they get matched up against. Yeah, so Big Twelve, um, as unpredictable as ever. Uh, one conference that is predictable is the SEC, and as most people, um, a, there were some LSU uh, proponents out there, but a lot of people thought that Alabama versus Georgia was the most likely matchup, and that's exactly what we're going to get. Uh, yeah. Georgia, as of yesterday, is an early four and a half point favorite. So we'll uh, we'll see if that line moves and how in between now and then. Yeah, I, I think don't know it op- I would touch it. I think yeah, it opened think at three. It, it opened at three. Yeah. So it's uh, Georgia betters coming in a little early, and uh, I don't blame them. You know, based on the way that uh, Carson Beck is playing right now. I, yeah. I know you watched a good part of this game. You know, the way Jalen Milrow has grown in this offense, I think Carson Beck was already there. You know, I think he just – this dude reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson, like when he first went to the NFL, you know, and just like the cool, calm, collected, doesn't panic, field general type of mm-hmm. dude, just complete and utter command of the offense – these dudes are top five in scoring offense, top five in scoring defense. They're the best team in the country, and they have no weaknesses, apparently. So for anybody to beat them, it's going to be a tall order. Uh, yeah. I think Bama, Jalen Milrow is going to have to play out of his mind if they're going to beat them. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, for 125 teams, you have to play the best game of your life and hope that they make some mistakes or you have no shot. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, they're talking about really, really good teams like Ole Miss, Missouri. You know, even Tennessee has has looked good for much of the year. Yeah. Mizzou, good example. I mean, yeah. Th- you know, uh, Georgia just demolished those guys. Yeah. Um, just wreck you know, them. There's a handful of teams who, you know, they don't need to rely on Georgia to make a ton of mistakes that who they can hang with them, but you still have to be pretty much flawless. You know, the Ohio States and Michigans and Oregons of the world. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be a tough out. Um, we yeah, we no might doubt. have the first three peat in about 90 years. So yeah, since, since Minnesota, no, yeah. since about world war one there, something around in there, <laughs> this is uh, the 30, 33 to 35 or 34 to 36. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. All right. There you go. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that, that game, man, I, it's no guarantee that Alabama beats Auburn this weekend. I mean, they're playing great right now, but we've seen Milrow be bad at some points this year. We've seen him make crucial mistakes, and he's not impervious to those. I mean, should they beat Auburn, who just lost to New Mexico State? Absolutely, they should. They're I don't I don't even know what the line is. I haven't seen it yet, but they're not impervious. It's at Auburn. If he makes a few mistakes, they get down. Who knows what could happen? But assuming they win that. I do like Georgia just based off of what I've seen. 
but I will I, I will say I do think it's going to be a very close competitive game because I don't think Georgia has faced anybody who is a, as big of a problem as Milrow can be. Probably not. I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys like that. Right. Um, I'm looking to see if there is an early line for the Iron Bowl, and I don't see it yet. Yeah, it's I'm maybe somewhere. I I don't know what it is, but nonetheless, we can come back to that. I'll search for it. Um, it's fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I kind of I figured it was something around twelve and a half or thirteen, but yeah, fourteen points. That's probably. Yeah, about right. Uh, on the road, yeah, that's I, – I would put it somewhere more like 31 to 20 type of thing. That's me. It's just it, – either team beating either by 14 is pretty fucking rare. So does True. happen, but that's typically in like a down season for Auburn, you know, where mm-hmm. they're just so bad. And Alabama is, you know, so much better than them. But yep. I don't know. It's uh, maybe a little crazy, but – uh Let's talk about the Big Ten because we touched on okay. Iowa. Yep. And there's really only one thing that matters, and that's this weekend, the game. Yep. And whoever wins goes to the Big Ten title. The other should fucking be eliminated from playoff contention. And I don't care what anyone says. They haven't played anybody. Ohio State's played two and a half teams. Okay. And I give up. I give Notre Dame a half because they have no offense to speak of. Uh, or no, sorry, Penn State. I give Penn State a half because they have no offense to speak of. Notre Dame at least has some kind of offense to speak of. You know, they've they've put up points against some decent teams this year. So whoever doesn't win should be eliminated. More so Michigan than Ohio State. Ohio State yeah. played some tough teams, but Michigan, they didn't play a fucking soul. They played Penn State, who doesn't have an offense. And if Michigan loses, they should be eliminated. Well, I think whoever loses, I mean, once you get a one-loss non-conference champ, looking at, at all the other conferences, you're going to have too many unbeaten or one-loss conference champions to yeah. for a, for one of these teams to get in. So it's it's a, a little college football quarterfinal, uh, if you will. But whoever yeah. wins the game will get the privilege of beating Iowa by multiple scores in the Big Ten <laughs> championship game. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Kirk Ferentz quit mid third quarter again. Yep. Punt on third down. That'll yep. be great. Down down by twenty with nine minutes left. Let's punt. Um Yep. I love it. Which brings us to the last conference championship game potentially of the Pac twelve. Indeed. Uh, depending on what happens, or certainly the Pac twelve as we know it. Um Washington clinched their spot with their win at Oregon State. Yep. And they will face either Oregon or wait for it. Arizona, Arizona, (laughs) man. I swear. Like I would love, and this is not, this has nothing to do with Oregon and Washington. Okay. I have a ton of respect for Kalen DeBoer. I have a ton of respect for Dan Lanning. I think they're both just winning machines and they're both really good coaches and seem to be like good dudes. So this has nothing to do with them, but it's more of an administrative type of thing. I would love nothing more than for Oregon State and Washington State to ruin the Pac-12's playoff chances this weekend. Like yep. I would absolutely love that. It'd be the greatest story in Pac-12 history. Like, oh, you want to leave us in the dust? Fine. Fuck off. Here's your playoff hopes dashed. 
But to Jed Fish's credit, the fact that they're even in that conversation coming into the yeah. season with what a five and a half win total, maybe it was, and probably something like that. It's and they're <laughs> and they're in the conference championship race, dude. That no, I don't think four and, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah, even worse. And so uh, you take that. I don't think anybody, and especially us included, saw Noah Fafita coming. No, you know, like Jaden Delora goes down with injury. This dude comes in and just sets the world on fire and starts wrecking seasons one week after the next. So I would love to see it. I, Arizona, I don't know that they could go and beat Washington on a neutral field. They couldn't do it at home, but no, I, but I just, I don't see any way Oregon State can beat Oregon, dude. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't need, I mean, Oregon is pretty straightforward. They win, they go. Yeah. Um, for Arizona to make it, obviously Oregon has to lose. And I think there's another, they need, some, you know, additional help past that. Um, Could be. But I don't know offhand. I, I want to be Oregon. Could. Well, no, because they beat Oregon State, I believe. Yeah, they did. So yeah. they hold uh, the top else, there. Maybe like Utah. It, it gets into, um, well, I think it was common, Utah common until this. It, it was Utah until this weekend, and Utah lost. Uh, that could be two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Arizona has a chance. It's a little messy as far as how they get in. The most likely scenario is we get a Washington Oregon rematch. Yeah, and I don't. I don't like to speculate on rankings, and rankings don't really matter until after the conference championships, and that's just how it is. But I've been pretty vocal about this on Twitter and I haven't really got much of your take on it. And I I can't wrap my head around why people have Oregon ranked ahead of Texas and Alabama when they have the same record, Uh, like Oregon has beaten exactly one team with a winning record. And that is Utah who is now seven and four and the rest of their teams that they've played all suck. You know, the fact that you beat Cal and Stanford and Arizona State, that doesn't, I don't care if you won by 50. They suck. That doesn't impress me. So I don't understand like the whole, the committee's logic on putting Oregon in front of Alabama, who has wins over teams like LSU, Tennessee, you know, Kentucky, Ole Miss, name it. Keep going down teams who have winning records. The same goes for Texas. They have wins over several teams with winning records. Mm-hmm. And you have Oregon who has a win over one. And I think it's like a the only thing I can come up, come up with is like it's like style points. Like Bo Nix is in the Heisman race. And I, I don't get it. I just I don't understand how you justify that ranking. I mean, are are you in the similar line of thinking or do you think Oregon should be where they are? Ranking? I think they're probably ranked too high. Mm-hmm. But I, I would power rate them higher than I would rank them, if that makes sense. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, if you legitimately think that they're better power rating, that's like, well, yeah, I mean, that power ratings are different. I have Bama power rated at two, but I wouldn't dare rank them above Texas anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, because they have the same record and Texas beat them. So you can't rank them above them. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if these committees, these, the rankings don't make sense. Like they just don't. Oregon's resume stinks. They have no good wins. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I just doesn't make any sense. I just. I've as every week as this poll comes out, I continue to lose more and more faith in the college football playoff committee. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I rarely look at the AP poll. Um, I don't oh, even yeah. look at it until about yeah. the eighth week. Yeah. Um, and I don't pay a ton of attention to the college football playoff rankings for the first couple of weeks because I know that there are so many, you know, matchups right between these teams and people are going to get knocked out. And sure. frankly, it doesn't matter who is ranked number three on the initial because you still got to go win games. Um, right. And so they I, are I agree. I agree with that, but it's six. It's interesting no, just, just to see how they how they think though. That that's my whole thing. Like why like what are you thinking when you rank Oregon above Texas or Alabama when their resume stinks? Like I don't get it. Like why would you do yeah. that? And no one up there can explain it. It's like what and nobody asks the question. Like ESPN, all these people are ranking Oregon up there, and I'm like, why? What have they showed you? I don't get it. Yeah. It's um, like I mean, you can say it could be, it could be as simple as, Hey, these are, these are three, you know, one loss teams. And we think, we think Oregon has the best loss. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like if if you stack up resumes, as far as who have you beat and who have you lost to, you know, is there's that much better than Louisville? Who's 10th at nine and one? I don't know. Maybe not. It's really, um, it's really not. I mean, Louisville's probably be. I would wager Louisville has beaten more teams with winning records than yeah. Oregon. Well, has. I mean, they, they beat Notre Dame, um, Miami. There's, I think is six and five. Yeah, there's so two. two. Like right <laughs> it's already, it's already more than Oregon's beaten with a winning record. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't. I and don't again. Power ratings. It doesn't matter how good I think they are or don't think they are. I think they're yeah, a very see, good team. Who, I think they'll Louisville. win out. Yeah, Louisville's beat uh, Georgia Tech, who's bowl eligible, Boston College, who's bowl eligible, Notre Dame, Duke, um, Miami. All those, all those teams you just named are better I than think, Cal. I think Stanford. NC State is bowl eligible. Yes, they are. So, yeah, and uh, NC State's eight and three, beat them. Georgia Tech six and five, beat them. Um, who else? Boston College and Duke are both six and five. Miami is six and five. So, yeah, they lost to Pitt, who's three and eight. But, um, you know, they have yeah. So that so that makes them they have some decent five. wins. Yeah, I mean that's I don't know. Like I say, doesn't matter. I just thought it was interesting. Like I'm sitting here looking at it. And I'm looking at the resume and I'm going, this doesn't make any sense. Like I feel like you're just throwing a name out there because they're exciting. I guess to watch. I don't know. I don't. Well, that yeah, make they are. That makes sense. Maybe. Well, the cool thing about this sport is, you know, you can settle a lot of these debates on the field. Most, you know, unless you're talking about who's fourth and who's the first one out. But yeah, you know, they win. They win this week. That'll be another one. They win the Pac-12 title game, which I would personally, I would favor them over Washington. I think that's what the line will end up being. So there would be two. They could potentially get in and, you know, they could prove it, get a chance to prove it. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for this week's recap. Anything we miss that we need to cover before we get to rivalry week on what Wednesday, I guess it's going to be. Yeah. I think we said Wednesday night. Um, Yeah. Rivalry week is, uh, you know, it's everyone's favorite week, right? Every, every football fans dream to, you know, get a, What's going to be on your what's rival? Gonna be, what's going to be on the game day eats menu? That's what I want to know. Probably the usual. 
hot wings probably i mean there's a it's a pretty small pool of of dishes that i'll choose from but uh hot wings are in play you know maybe a pizza maybe some nachos probably uh depending on which way eileen may throw a kaneka in there oh yeah there's definitely going to be some kaneka on uh on a plate at my house this weekend for the iron bowl yeah so. no soft pretzels but <laughs> With beer cheese dip nothing not yep. happening no not not at my house oh, shout man. out to timmy yeah shout out to that poor guy man which uh virginia tech gotta gotta get a win this week man gotta gotta yep. pull one out to get bowl eligible dude so yeah gotta go beat the who's yeah and you know credit to and that's one thing i should before we close give credit to tony elliott the fact that they got a win and they're what three and seven now Dude, I, we didn't expect them to win a game. Uh, no, and I tell you, even I think they're three and eight. If you look at their losses, they've played a lot of teams much closer than they should have. Actually, what is their? Yeah. So shout out to Tony Elliott because they have what, lost what a lot of one score games. I want to see what their against the spread record is because I suspect it's better than you would think for yeah. a three and eight team. Probably somewhere around five hundred, I would think. But yeah, shout out to Tony Elliott for uh, you know having some good showings and continuing to have his team play hard. They've uh, it's it's been a rough go over there, man. So maybe he's got them going yeah. in the right direction. They are seven and three against the spread. <laughs> there you go, man. Cash cow. Good job. Yep. Overachieving. All right. Well, speaking of overachieving, we'll be back with you guys Wednesday night. You can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And we'll be back with you on Wednesday night with all of our bets and uh, our game day spreads and all that good stuff. So until then, catch you guys later on. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.